Behind closed doors, poison slipped into a glass. The victim uses their last remaining strength to scratch two words into the desk. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No, it's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Detective Academy Q, Episodes 2 and 3, A First Step to Dreams, The Entrance Exam Trap, and Final Exam, The Stretched Around Trap. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine. I wanted to grow up to be a fictional detective since I was in middle school, and now I finally have. Joining us is our resident anime expert, Michael Savitsky. Mike, what have you got for us today? Well, today's set of episodes has got me thinking about, like, entrance exams in anime as a trope. Uh, yeah. Especially around this era of anime. Like, we have, like, Hunter Hunter, classically, the Hunter entrance exams. Uh, lots of weird challenges. Like, you could die in this test. It just resonated with a lot of that. So that's what I'm thinking about today. Yeah, that was the one part of Naruto I saw. Oh, yeah, Naruto. Was the exam. Full Metal Alchemist, the... The state alchemy exam, it's this thing. Yeah, we'll have to talk about how these uh, entrance exams compare to those. Um, and I think we'll get a lot of help on that from our mystery guest today. Uh, it's our second episode. We've got a new mystery guest joining us for the first time, which is pretty easy because we've only had one guest so far. Um, our guest this episode, he is an improviser on In Space at Philly Improv Theater. Also, he's a member of Philly's long-running N-Crowd Improv Comedy Group. He's a musician with the band Science Club. Uh, and one time, he solved the mystery of who was eating all of his ramen noodle packets. Joining us is Nick Elmer. Hello! I made a, I made a, a drum. Did that come through? I made yes. it. Yes, we, there are only two of us in this room, and neither of us was making the drum roll. So All we right. both deduced that you were making the noise. First mystery solved. We're doing it. Getting off to a good start. So we are recording in May 2020, which means that we are separated by our respective households. Mike is resident anime expert. He lives here. Uh, wh- where are you at? How, how kind of how's your space working out for you? Uh, it, it's fine. A uh, lot of, lot of, uh, just hanging out with the baby because, uh, daycare's, uh, shut down, working from home, living from home. I've gotten into Gundam models, which I never thought I would, oh, but no, I escaped those years ago. <laughs> it's a net amount of people who are in Gundam models. So if you leave, I have to enter. That's fair. Maybe you took my spot. But every time <laughs> we go into a comic book shop or anime shop, Mike will pick them off the shelf and stare longingly. Mike, they're still great. They're still oh, great. great. I still want them. I just don't buy them. <laughs> they're wonderful. They're like slightly harder Legos. So I really enjoy them. But yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. Main difference is I've had to switch from subbed anime to dubbed anime because uh, the baby's usually in the room and I can't be focused on the TV the entire time to read uh, the text. Oh no, and we made you watch subbed anime and neglect your baby. <laughs> It's true. Uh, this will be dealt with in therapy later. Uh, I have a good excuse, uh, detective anime podcast I had to record for, but um, yeah. Uh, until then, scarred baby. Mentally scarred. We're trying not to leave destruction in our wake. <laughs> Are we? We're trying. We're trying. Um, so yeah, in general, I know that you have watched some anime can you fill us in on quantity, quality, what kinds of stuff you like to watch? I I love the question of quality. Uh, <laughs> I love that clarification. Uh, there, there's stretches where I go really hard into anime. It's usually around spring and fall, for whatever reason. I really get into watching anime during that time. Uh, usually whatever is like big and popular and currently uh, running, uh, so I can follow along. But um, I don't finish that many seasons these days. Uh, I'm, I've had four episodes left of Yu Yu Hakusho for about a year. Um, and I, I'm in no rush to watch them because those episodes are bad. <laughs> but uh, I, I've liked, I've wanted to like anime my entire life. And it took a while to find a couple series that like meant something to me, or at least I enjoyed. 
what comes foremost to mind? I mean, Bebop was huge. I don't think that's like an exciting thing to say. Everyone, most most people love Cowboy Bebop. Not Samurai Troopers. Uh, Ronin Warriors uh, was like a big one when I was growing up. I've gone back and really appreciated Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z, but they when I first watched them, they just didn't mean a lot to me at the time. Mm. And then like anything Trigger does, I, I really like Trigger's work. I love Gurren Lagann. I love uh, Kill a Kill, despite the fact that I can never watch it with someone else in the room with me because I get embarrassed immediately. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's kind of the curse of a lot of anime. You have to watch it alone. Have you had the opportunity to watch Premiere yet? I have not, no. I keep getting ads for it, so it looks great, but... Yeah, we're waiting not... for it to not cost $20 yeah. across the board, and then we'll probably drop in on that. Because it's like Pretty Girl and Lagan. That's what I see when I look at it. Yeah, the last one I saw was uh, Kiviver or something, about kids who were all like connected emotionally and felt each other's emotions. Yeah. <laughs> so just to catch up a tiny bit, because I have heard of all of these things, but Trigger is a studio, or is it a, a per- like a creator... It's a studio. studio. Yes. It's a studio, yeah. And yeah, I've certainly heard of Garen Lagan. Promare we saw was about weird futuristic mech firefighters. Something like that, maybe? Uh, I don't have a strong sense. It's all very pretty. But it's all very pretty. Good to know. There was... The the most recent thing I tried to watch of theirs was Darling in the Franks. And it's like a post-apocalyptic, put kids in robots, but always pair them up heterosexually. And it's kind of weird and sexual. I wasn't into it. Uh, yeah pretty quick huh why why the robots got to be paired up heterosexually why um so the other thing i'll ask you about is your relationship with mysteries uh so that could span mystery novels tv shows movies video games uh just the kind of genre and concept of mystery yeah i i'm bad at mysteries i'm bad at solving them but i do like uh I do like mystery books. I've been reading the Hangman's Daughter series uh, recently. I've really liked those. It, it's a wonderful series. It's about a kind of a, a family of uh, disreputable hangmen who uh, kind of solve crimes, uh, hmm. usually in place of the actual executions they're supposed to uh, do. Yeah, and I, I've liked the... Uh, they're hard to do because they're a lot, but uh, I really like the uh, Phoenix Wright series of games. I've played oh, yeah. those. I've been playing those. Yeah, those those games are great. Um, but I honestly I don't watch a lot of uh, mystery anime. Wonderful. Uh, I don't. This is kind of a new thing for me. I've always looked at uh, closed cases. Closed case is that what it's called? Case closed. Case closed. There yeah. it is. I.e. Detective uh, Conan. Yes. Yeah. I've always looked at that and thought mm, not for me. But well, we'll find we'll find out today if I was right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. Uh. Yeah, it's interesting how you find like all the mystery stuff that you would find in mystery novels, but then you find all the anime stuff that you find in anime. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting to see what'll resonate with you. Um, mm-hmm. Did you end up watching the first episode, or did you skip straight into episode two? Uh, I skipped straight into episode two. Cool. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to be fresh. Well, Mike, maybe you can remind all of us like anything. Well, Please. What, ha- what happened in episode one? Anything we need to know about? Sure. I mean, the quick fast forward version is these three weird friends met each other uh, in the middle of a murder. <laughs> uh, they solved the murder. They all learned about, well, our main character learned about Detective High School, uh, DDS, uh, that he somehow didn't know about, despite his only thing that he's good at being solving mysteries. And he decided he wanted <laughs> to go. And he just so happened to be in the presence of someone who works there. So and that's... the entrance exam was next week. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much where where we left off. Um, and now um, we'll, we'll start talking. So we're going to talk about both episodes two and three, uh, because the like series of tests that they are subjected to expand over the two episodes. So this is the first but not the last time when uh, we'll be talking about more than one episode in a single podcast. Often there could be a, like a longer term mystery that will stretch out over several episodes. Uh, this is structured a little differently than that. So the we'll start talking about the first of those two episodes. Nick, I wanted to ask you about the, we talked about in detail the, the song in the opening last time, but what was your take on it? Uh, like the first thing I wrote down on my notes, I have, I have pages of notes. The first thing I wrote down was the song fucking rips. I loved it. It's a great song. I... 
wasn't taken by it at first, but you know, I'm going to be listening to it so really? many times and it's really growing only, on me. Only like a, like 13 times or so. It's only the first opening. There's a few of them. That's an exciting part of anime when the opening changes and you either like it more or less. Unless you hate it and then you regret it for like 13 episodes. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But Nick, <laughs> you and all our listeners should go to our Facebook page. We posted a link to the YouTube video we shared uh, of the, the singer's music video for the whole song. Uh, so if you enjoyed the song, you you may enjoy that music video, which takes place about with basketball and hip hop dancing. You know, ooh, okay. <laughs> this episode opens uh, once again with Q exhausting his very tired mom, his poor mother. Um, thanks to our <laughs> previous mystery guest Katie for identifying her character trait as tired. She she immediately forbids him from going to detective school. Because being a real life detective is not the same as Sherlock Holmes, she says. And this is her, the first appearance of what I call her MILF apron, which is just <laughs> an apron that just says hot on it. Yes! I wrote it down! Not to uh, not to spoil it, but she also wears it while sitting down for dinner at, at the end of episode three. She doesn't take it off. Right. Well, it's not, I think of it as a hot tea apron because there's like a tea kettle and a teacup. <laughs> it just says hot. But hot it's, tea. It's hot. It, just, it just says hot. Okay. Well, we we can call her tired mom, or we can call her hot mom because we don't know her name yet. It, it says hot, and it's tea, so like she's a milf who loves drama. Like that's that's what I see from that. <laughs> so he leaves the house, and he's like ostensibly not going to go to the test because his mom just told him not to. But he's like, mm-hmm. he's clearly going to go. He's clearly going to go. She sees him out the window, and she's like, oh, this kid. Yeah, and this is the point in my notes where I wrote dead dad. The, what happened to the dad is a mystery, and I don't okay. think we've learned yet, but we suspect it might have to do with something with the mom's uh, reticence for him to become a detective. Maybe he, maybe dad was a detective, and we haven't told him. I don't know. It's That's mm. how anime often works. Or he's a criminal. Ooh. Oh, that would be interesting, too. And so he goes to this where the test is going to be, and that's when he catches up with the two characters that we met last time. So the, the one with pink hair, blue hair? Pink hair. Pink hair. Megumi. Pink hair. And the show loves her skirt. You noticed that too. <laughs> it never stops showing her skirt. It's her main character trait. She wears a skirt. Second, second character trait, perfect memory. <laughs> yes. That's what we learned in the first episode is that she has a photographic memory. Uh, Which is a real skill that people definitely have. Q nicknamed her Megu without her permission. <laughs> uh, and then there's very awkward, it's, there's awkwardness too when they greet their, their other friend, Kintaro. And he insists they call him Kinta instead. But then Q says it in a rude way without an honorific. Which is a tr- character trait of his. I have a problem with this moment in the show. Because it's, ep- it's episode two and we're already changing names. And <laughs> th- these this isn't like real life. This is written down. We could have just had him with the correct name the whole time. Was this the writers, like, trying to fix something that they accidentally, like, sent to press well, I in the think, first episode? I think, and we find this out later, he is named after some, like, semi-fictional magistrate. Yeah. That's, like, a popular fictional uh, focal point in Japanese literature that he's supposed to, like, he's trying to disassociate himself from. So I think that's where this rises from. Oh. Yeah, and the first episode was pretty jammed-packed because they squeezed in, like, a whole murder with three suspects along with meeting these three characters. So I think they just are trying to ca- trying to play catch up here and continue to build the world of the show. Then, then the, of course, our, our mysterious bearded figure is looking on from above and comments, asks the teacher from the school who we met last time, the Katagiri Shino who wears glasses, that's her defining character trait, uh, and comments that he's a, d- a diamond in the rough, which is a common thing people say. <laughs> <laughs> About anime protagonists yes oh yeah that's probably true and they all go into this auditorium together where like all of the people that are applying for dds have gathered and it's it's packed yeah yeah i love our explanation that it's like geniuses flock from all over japan to come mm-hmm. it doesn't track for me and they're allowed to carry guns <laughs> oh yes <laughs> you noticed that too so it, as part of the scene the first thing that happens is, is we're given a recap of the things about dds uh that's not the first time we've heard that nick because they told us that very prominently in the first episode <laughs> Uh, we're told like the three important things about DDS. So they're allowed to bear arms. Bad idea. We're told that the police have confidence in DDS and let them solve mysteries. Mm -hmm. And we're also told that it's founded by legendary detective Don Morihiko. Who it is named Mm -hmm. after. And Q is like, like gushing. He's so happy to be here or whatnot. And then we get another character introduction. Ah, Saburo Maru? 
Is that it? Yes. Yeah, Saburo Maru, who I like to think of as that generic, terrible, whiny brat that's in just about every anime that takes place in a school. Some version of this character, he's privileged, he's annoying, he's an idiot, mm -hmm. somehow also smart at the same time. He's built for you to dislike him. He's doing it for the money and the fame, not for uh, the help. As any private investigator will tell you, they're in it for the money and the fame. <laughs> yeah, he outright says like he doesn't care about being a detective. I forget if he says that to the audience or the other characters. He talks to the audience a lot. Um, and he has decided that Mego is his rival because they went to school together. Um, and he will often remind us that his IQ is 180. Um, yeah. I looked that up. You know who else had an IQ of 180? Is it Sherlock Holmes? Uh, I, I don't know. Oh. A real life person. According to chess.com, Bobby Fischer. Oh. At an IQ of 180. So for a reference point, he's like, you know, we evil have no, teenage Bobby Fisher. We have no validation that his IQ is 180. In fact, based on experience <laughs> of watching him in action, I would say that's a boast. <laughs> I he I was thinking the same thing, but later on he does something that makes me think he is smart. So we'll get to that. But uh, I do like how, even though he is very smart, he still thinks the girl with uh, a perfect memory is somehow better qualified. And he's just going to follow her around. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he thinks that. He's definitely like a faker type because he does like over the course of these two episodes, he repeatedly uh, like uses this smartness of other people to sub and just follows them around. Yes. And the other, the other thing we learned about him is that he's been accepted to Tokyo university. So yeah, he hasn't been accepted into high school yet, but he's gotten into college, which I think is supposed to bespeak his privilege more oh, okay. than his actual uh, intelligence. They're really digging on Tokyo University. We all hate Tokyo <laughs> University. We know what they're like. They're, they're snobs. They're like, no thank you. I know it. You know it. Like, it's just, it's a well-known fact about people who go to Tokyo University. They don't they never stop talking about it. Like, no thank you. They come whoa, home. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that? I'm sorry. They're sponsoring this podcast. Oh, no! I'm sorry. I, uh... Uh, oh no, my paycheck. No, uh, we are we are certainly looking for sponsors. If you uh, say <laughs> if you say sell um, a magnifying glass or like a little notepad, mm -hmm. you want to sponsor our show or uh, anime waifu pillows. We're not picky. <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, yeah. Funimation, Crunchyroll, come on, anyone. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they they do. The next thing they spot is they spot another character who's we might recognize from the opening of the show. If you pay attention to such things. If you pay attention to such things. <laughs> uh, they they think he looks especially young. He's kind of short, glasses. He has this orange hair with an orange hat with an N on it, a beanie. Yeah, and a shirt with a letter. Yeah, and a shirt with a letter. And a hat with a different letter. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and they identify him as, I forget his full name, Kazuma. He's a genius programmer. He's Even though he's in the fifth grade... Or when he was in the fifth grade, he made a video, famous video game, the which they call the Case Files of Young Kibarashi, not to be confused with the manga slash anime all by the same creator, which is the Case Files of Young Kendaichi. But also intentionally to be yeah, confused with that. to be confused by it. Uh, and everybody's obsessed with this game because it's a mystery game, of course. Yes, but his full name is Narusawa Kazuma, so that's why he's got an N on one article of clothing and a K on the other. Ah. Yeah. And he... Later on, we learn that those articles of clothing have immense power over uh, how he functions. <laughs> it's true. Uh, we're like recording a couple episodes, and this is something that's going to come up also in episode four, which you didn't watch, is how important his hat is. Yeah, it turns out <laughs> his main character traits are being a computer programmer and having a hat. <laughs> yes. This now, I not to not to derail, but I I have an issue with uh, this being something that happens with programmers in a. In media, I, that that is my career. I, <laughs> I I do that, and I cannot make a, a video game. I do not have the skills for it. I don't know what this kid can do because so he says he's a programmer. Uh, he's made a video game, which is a different set of skills, and then he also is like good with the internet. Yeah, basically, whenever there's something computer related. He'll pull out his computer and be like, I can try to do this. And you're right. Like, he doesn't have a specialized set of skills. He just can do any computer or programming task that they need. He's he's just the stock smart guy. He's like the beast of the X-Men. The early 2000s, like, version of, say, uh, what's our, our technology person in the Arrowverse? 
Felicity Smoke. Yeah, so he's like a, an early 2000s Felicity Smoke. Good with all technology, sweepingly, but don't ask us to explain any of it too closely. It'll mm-hmm. look cool while we're maybe focusing on it, maybe. And it does look cool. It never stops looking cool whenever he's on that little handheld computer. Which I feel like it's the early 2000s. That thing has to be searing hot, right? Like he's yeah. carrying it around. That battery is <laughs> it's, super hot. It's unbelievably tiny, too. Um, and yeah, he carries it everywhere he goes. So uh, once they've kind of like, they've spotted him, they haven't connected with him yet. Uh, Shino, the, the, the teacher with the glasses, she makes an announcement uh, and kind of gathers everyone's attention. She shows them a picture of a crime scene. She says it's a picture from a real homicide case. Uh, and people are like, they're here to become detectives, but they're like confused that they're being showed a picture of a real crime scene and nobody knows what's going on. And she she tells us a bunch of things about the case. Uh, the, the picture that she's showing was taken by the victim. He used his last strength to take the picture. Uh, the, he was, in fact, this is our very first instance of a dying message. <laughs> For anyone wondering why we called the podcast, this is episode two of a brand new anime, and they already explicitly reference a dying message. Of course, one of the traits we learn about Q is he doesn't know. He doesn't seem to like catch on to English words because he mistakes dying message for diving message and dining message. So we're told the victim used his last strength to take the picture. The crime scene was a cottage at the edge of a lake. Uh, And then we're shown another picture, which the police took the following morning. And they keep telling us all of these, all of these details about, about the crime that you will use to catch up with the characters and solve the mystery along with them. Although I'd be really impressed if anybody kind of got ahead of the show. Uh, So there's a photo the police took and we're told the weather was 10 degrees below freezing. The body was discovered on January 20th at 10, 15 a.m. It was cold. It was cold. Yeah. No information is uh, extra. Like there's no red herrings. It's all valuable information in terms of the mystery. Well, I, I wrote down that he was stabbed with a carved knife, carving knife. That's not particularly relevant. The victim was stabbed. So he had time before he died to take that photo. And he died right around 1 a.m. So those are kind of like all the things that we're given, the two pictures and all those details. And then um, they start to talk about it. Q immediately concludes that the murderer returned to the scene to destroy evidence because there was an ashtray on the floor that was cleared away. That's when they talk about the dying message. Mm -hmm. And everybody is like so impressed at Q's deduction. And then he gets the word wrong and they're like not so impressed with him. Uh, But then this this is my favorite part. They line up all the suspects. Yeah, and we were introduced to my favorite character. Yes, uh, I do. Uh, who doesn't speak for a while, but man. Can I, can I introduce my favorite character? Uh, I don't know his name yet, but I just wrote him down as Cactus Man. Yes. It's the cactus, yeah. Yeah. Right, because they're like, these are the suspects. We've had our staff dress up as the suspects in the case. So confusing. I was so confused by that. <laughs> <laughs> and one of, the pe- one of the people is just a, someone in a cactus suit. Yep. Well, I mean... We know it's a, someone in a cactus suit. It just looks like a cactus. It's just a cactus. It's just a cactus. <laughs> uh, we're told they were all guests at the hotel across the lake from the cottage. They show us a like nice diagram. The cottage is here. The hotel is here right across the lake. Uh, and we're also told they all have a motive and no alibi, which is very convenient. Mm-hmm. This is where I start to question. They said this was a photograph from a real murder. But yes. now the staff is dressing up as the suspects. Yes. So they're rec- like recreating it. What's going on here? Like, are, is the staff so good at acting that they can become these real people? Are these invented people who could have uh, done the murder? I, I was so confused by this. I didn't know. This seems unnecessarily complicated for a test. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it is never and, quite yeah. fully uh, expounded upon if we're to believe that these are real suspects. To solve, to finish this test, it is not who did this. It's... Find out who did this and then follow them. Go stalk yes. the dangerous person. Because they, because once they have all the suspects, they're like, they're going to split up and you got to follow one of them. So I'm going to run through them real quickly. Uh, there's there's six of them in total. And Mego and Kinta take turns describing their basic characteristics. We have a left-handed woman who's wearing a watch on her right wrist. wrist. That's how Megu knows that she's left-handed. Uh, and also, this woman is smoking a cigarette indoors. With children in the room. <laughs> uh, that's another thing I noticed. The second one is an old man whose right hand is in a sling. Number three is a man with his ankle in a bandage. Number four is a student. He's wearing an eye patch. 
Number five is an old man with a cane. They say uh, he's too old because the victim was a first Don in judo. So there's no way the old man could have taken him out. And number six is uh, a cactus. So they're like, it's not the cactus. I say ageism. I, I feel like the old man could be a 10 Don. We don't know. <laughs> he could be great. They do dismiss him pretty quickly. Like, nah, he couldn't win in a fight. They also dismiss the cactus. That's true. I would I would zoom in on that cactus if I was in that situation. I've played Final Fantasy. I've been killed by cactuses. <laughs> I've been capable of murder. So they, they don't have a lot of time because the suspects are about to f- split up and they have to follow them. Q's like, I've already figured it out. Kinta just rolls some dice. Because uh, as we learn... One of his other character traits is being very lucky. Inexplicably lucky is um, apparently can a we, Can we talk about Kenta a little bit? Yeah, yeah. please. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how much this is like going, uh, spoiling things that happen later. But what what is he? What is his deal? Well, so when we're first introduced to him in the first episode, he mm-hmm. uh, proudly explains that in a combination of three martial arts, he is a tendon, which is like the highest rank. But I think... The impression we're supposed to get is that he's combining his ranks, his low ranks in three martial arts into an impressive sounding rank. So he's like maybe kind of good at martial arts and also very lucky. He did disarm a suspect in the first episode. Okay. But that's that's it. That's really all there is to him. He's a very one one side. Yeah, I was was trying to figure out what his trait was because it seemed like he could be just like the bruiser type character, the character who can like physically do stuff. The others can't. Yeah, I think Uh, so. He brags at one point about having 20-20 vision, which is oh, yeah. what we're bragging about. <laughs> right. He's now have, he now has three things. He's lucky, he's got martial arts, and he has like perfect eyesight. We'll learn later. Yeah. And he doesn't require eyeglasses. Like, those are, <laughs> that's his, that's <laughs> what he's good at. And they call him the genius of eyesight because of it. I, I, <laughs> it's yeah. It's not earned. That's pretty good. So, so, they, so they have to figure out who the suspect is going to be. Q's already got it. Kinta just rolled dice, whatever. Uh, Megu doesn't quite figure it out, so Q gives a hint. He says it's not what you saw in the picture. It's what you didn't see in the picture. Ooh, the Highlights Magazine answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then, and then Megu's like, oh, based on your hint, I got it. It's number three. And Kinta's like, I rolled three on these dice. So they're like, great, we'll all go together and follow number three. We've and- refused to cooperate because it's cheating, but now let's all cooperate immediately afterwards and of course there is saburomaru in the background being like i'm gonna follow them they they got it figured out he doesn't know what's going on um and the cactus reveals himself to be a person and is like what nobody nobody went for the cactus (laughs) he's so disappointed um and he announces he's gonna put on another other disguises and follow them around so let's yeah. let's uh, let's keep an eye on him. See where else he pops up. By other disguises, we mean two more. One reused uh, <laughs> twice. Yes. Uh, his his name is Nanami, uh, the, okay. the the disguise teacher's name. But we could call him Cactus Man. Whatever. Um, so they are they're they're just following this guy down the street. I thought it was pretty obvious the way they were. Telling I mean, him. they weren't trying to hide in any shape or form. And he almost gives them the slip on an escalator in the mall because they get mm-hmm. to the top of the escalator and he's vanished. And uh, this is another job for Megu's photographic memory because she spotted a guy with a different jacket but wearing the same watch going down the down escalator. And he just reversed his jacket to give them the slip. And as they run away, that's when we get our next appearance of Nanami, the cactus man. Yes, dressed as a panda. Oh, that's right. He did appear as a panda. Yes, he, he pulls up, up the mall panda, pulls out a phone mm-hmm. and, and calls in a report. So good. <laughs> Such a genius disguise. I mean, they yeah. didn't notice him. And you know what? That panda costume works in multiple locations. Uh, we, we learn that later. <laughs> Pandas are inconspicuous in very, very different environments. Yes. Panda I mean, costumes are, are just a thing in the wild in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if I saw like a, a weird panda mascot walk around, my first instinct wouldn't be, oh, that's the detective. He's following me. So, <laughs> uh, so they follow the guy to a train station. Uh, and the guy, he buys a ticket that costs 640 yen. And this is where we learn that Kenta has, has 20-20 vision because he's like, oh, I spotted it. And, and he was able... None of the other characters could see it, but he saw it because he has 20-20 vision. Uh, Megu looks at the map of the Ferris and memorizes it. And I imagine, like, it's, it's lots of numbers on a map. So I imagine you could, like, study it and try to figure out what adds up to 640. I certainly didn't bother. And everybody's getting on the train. Saburomaro gets on the train. Megu's about to get on, and Q is like, trust me, don't get on the train. 
and we get a little fake out. Yeah. I like the way they played this because t- like time slows down and everything fades to white and then they cut to the, the commercial break. I, I paused for dramatic effect. Oh, okay. I'm in it. I'm in it. Yeah. Then what? Uh, then when the commercial comes back, uh, he was kind of like, is she here? Is she not here? And she's right beside him. Um, she, and she trusted him. She trusted him. The guy was on the other side of the platform the whole time. Kinta missed the train because he lost his money and, and didn't get yeah. there in time. Forgot his wallet. I, I wrote down Kinta fails upward. <laughs> He's lucky. That does seem to be his trait, failing upward. I don't like this thing that Q does, where he takes so much time to say, trust me, instead of... Explaining, right? Yeah, yeah, giving a simple explanation why you should... Like, you don't have to say, trust me. Everything doesn't have to be a test of friendship. Uh, You are all detectives. (laughs) This is Explain. a common thing. This is a common thing too, where like their use of time and when they have time to stop and talk about things and when they don't continues to be warped in the other episodes we've watched as well. Uh, I'm talking like you know, ten minutes and the bomb's going to explode. Let's all sit down and have a conversation, but they don't have time <laughs> right now to stop and and talk things out. Well, time is time is subjective in anime. I mean, you certainly have moments in say Dragon Ball where the, uh, something terrible is going to happen in thirty minutes, but it takes. <laughs> 20 episodes for that to happen. It's true. And Q does give an, ex- he then gives an explanation to Megu. It has to do with the cost of the express train. And he was actually catching a different train. Uh, I didn't take notes because it was kind of detailed. And uh, th- they noticed one other person didn't get on the train. It's our expert programmer, good at everything friend, Cosma. Good old glasses beanie. Um, and, he- and yet again, Q gets an English word wrong. Uh, and instead of calling him a programmer, calls him a pro bowler. Which is great. I love that. <laughs> and we get a shot of him, of, uh, like a silly, like, what if shot of him being a bowler. Who does get on the train? Oh, some... Zaburo uh, Maru. There's a very funny shot with him. Yeah, he, he realizes he's made a mistake. We'll come back to that. And I, I, I think this proves he does have intelligence later on. Well, he he does he does do like a Scooby Doo run. I think he's really like a cartoon character. He he's almost out of place on this show the way they're characterizing him. Um, but he he runs back and forth in front of the windows on the train like five times, uh, like he's on Scooby Doo running between doorways. That was and that was the whole budget of uh, the animating uh, uh, funds they had because everything else is done very poorly. And Cosma is as his way of meeting people is like I I googled you all. I've, I've, I know your destiny. Uh, and he talks about Megu and the things we know about her. This is when he tells us that Kinta is descended from Toyama no Kinsan. Did you look that up? No, not, not in any specific detail. I know that he's like a fictional magistrate. Well, not fictional, semi-fictional in that he probably historically existed, but he comes up way more in like dramas and uh-huh. like novels and stuff as a character. Uh, and I know that he's got this like famous uh, Sakura Blossom tattoo which is probably why Kinta has this little Sakura on his necklace, despite his insistence on not associated being associated with that person. He seems to identify with it anyway. Who knows? But there's no, there's nothing on Q on any search engine. No, he's off the grid. He's unimportant. Uh, he there's only one thing about him, and that's that he's good at mysteries. That's like that's all he he's got. So Cosmo declares that that the guy is going to the nature park based on he calculated routes. And Q reflects on the geniuses that are with him. So he says, we've got a genius programmer, a genius memory, and a genius eye. And that, and, and Kinta <laughs> knocks Q on the head. Um, and then while they're, once they're on the train, that's when they're like, okay, now we've got enough time to talk through the secret of the murder. Uh, so if you have just been, like, you heard us spell out all those clues and you have just been like, but, but why was it number three? Uh, Q's going to tell us what it, what it was. The, the key thing is the victim made this photograph, but there wasn't anything particularly interesting in it. Uh, so it has to do with what changed between the two pictures. And in the, the pic- second picture, there were shoes that weren't there in the first picture. The culprit must have taken the shoes when he left, and the victim wanted us to see that the shoes were gone. I, the first time we watched these episodes, I didn't notice that Q has a catchphrase, but here he uses it. 
Hint of the times. Two uh, hints. There are two hints. There are always, there are never more than two hints. There are always <laughs> exactly two hints for him to tell us about. The first one is that the cottage is on the edge of a lake. And the second is that it's been freezing for a while. I did actually like piece some of this together that ice, that ice skates were involved. They, and the, the deduction theme using starts playing, which, which I like, like this track they play whenever uh, they're solving the mystery. Um, so they, they conclude the victim ice skated across the lake but he was injured in a struggle with the victim and couldn't skate back and took the man's shoes, but then replaced the shoes later. Uh, and that's how they knew it was the man with the injured ankle. Um, what, do we th- what do we think about this as a solution to the murder? Nonsense. Nonsense, <laughs> right? Uh, I hated this. I hate <laughs> this. <laughs> you could not draw that conclusion in, from that information. It could have been any reason why he, the shoes were there. That's such a, a leap. Um, it's a leap to say that's why he hurt his ankle. Uh, you right. can also hurt, you can hurt your arm while ice skating too. Uh, uh, it's a lot of leaps. It's a lot of like bad Sherlock Holmes style, uh, assumptions. But, but in the best way. Uh, I, I also just don't like this type of mystery where, uh, we know who did it. We just got to figure out how they did it. And it doesn't really click. It is weird because they had to follow him all episode. They did it this way. Last, the first episode was really a more straightforward thing. Uh, who done it? Right, where, done right. It, how done it? Where we had the three suspects, and then there's the, sometimes you see the figure and you don't even see his face because they don't want you to know who it is. And then he reveals all the stuff all at once. Um, but it it is funny too because something that'll happen in Detective Conan when you have detectives who are supposed to be like bad at solving mysteries to contrast with the main character is they'll mm-hmm. take you through like a perfectly logical, like there's nothing more logical about the conclusion the actual hero reaches and the conclusion the bad detective reaches, except that one of them is always wrong and one of them is always right. But the clues are kind of nonsense either way. Right. Um, it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> he says convincingly. <laughs> All right. Well, we've still we've still got a whole other episode to convince you. Uh, the episode's just about to wrap up. They they get off at the park. They're like, they have this like teamwork moment of we're gonna follow him together, um, and they they pass Nanami in a, in his most brilliant disguise. Yes. Ah, a sign. <laughs> I remember. Yes. I I was looking at that sign like I know it. I just knew it. It's like a trail post sign. And once they walk past it, it pivots around and it's uh, he has the sign strapped to his back like a backpack. My favorite thing about this kind of disguise, it's like you could achieve the same thing by standing behind a sign. (laughs) But instead you've chosen to become the sign. He's a method disguised detective teacher person. Yeah. And it's one of those great things about like this type of uh, kind of older, kind of cheaper anime where you can tell when something is going to move just because it looks so much different than the rest of the things on the screen. Right. It's not a painted backdrop. It's it's a drawn foreground. Yeah, like, right. So it's I, I, move. I always think of Scooby-Doo yeah. when I think of something like that. Because uh, mm-hmm. in that era of animation, it was even more obvious. Why is that bookshelf less muddy than the rest of the bookshelf? Well, it's like the one book. Like the whole bookshelf is in drab colors and there's one book that's that's uh, sharp and it opens a secret passage. So the, this is when Saburamaro reappears. Bicycling for his life. Yeah, which I proves he's intelligent. He figured it out. He did figure it he out. He got to the right point somehow. And Nami declares that five people have passed the second point, which is the the four characters who are our main characters together and Saburo Maru. And uh, we end on Q being like, sorry, mom, but I'm going to pass this test. That's how the episode ends, but that is not the end of the episode. It's not the end of the episode. Did you stick around after the closing song and the next week on to catch to catch the very end, Nick? I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> what, what happened? Uh, I wrote in very big uh, letters. Uh, what was that? <laughs> And then I also just wrote, uh, yes, I lost my mother. <laughs> so the very, so the, we missed some of these the first time we watched these episodes, but there is one like at the end of all these first few episodes. At the end of the first episode, we see her, uh, this blue haired character, we find out later his name is Ryu, um, helping this girl. No, we, we just see him Last in New York. Last episode, he was just in New York he City was just in a hotel. New York. 
in a this, hotel. This episode, he's uh, helping bad English child. Yeah. He's supposedly in New York. The little girl has lost his mom and he helps her find the mom. At the very end, she says, thanks you. And why was, why was this in English? But then in the next one, it's not in English. Who knows? Someone's creative choice. And the, the other thing about <laughs> these sequences is it plays out over the... It's a blink and you miss it. It plays out over the course of six seconds, like jumping from scene to scene so quickly. And with this like sweet little music in the background, it's a lot. I loved it. After after watching 20 minutes that felt like an hour, just the the economic uh, storytelling of this was like... like it clicked. It worked. I, I liked it. Well, if you felt like not much happened in that first episode, let's move on to the second episode here. Uh, I forget the exact title of it, um, but it picks up very much where we just left off. They're following the suspect through the forest. My note here is the most inconspicuous forest stalking ever. <laughs> it is a completely wooded trail. There are exactly him and them. They're not very far behind him. <laughs> what do you think's going through his head the whole time? Like... Is... It's just like, okay, all right, there they are. He's definitely got this route, and he has to take them on this chase. Yeah, but at this point, we I, it's pretty safe to conclude that he's just an actor who's playing out this part yeah. because he's going straight to the exam site and not to, say, his murder cabin. One of the teachers, <laughs> as we were told, I don't believe it was ever a real murder. I think that was Well, we know it's a real murder because our pro bowler was able to Google the, the um, photos on his laptop uh, or hack them. Did he hack them? I don't know. If that's the if that is the case that this is a real murder and we're using this for a test, that means the the institute has solved the murder, but not given the information to the police because then it would be online and they could cheat. Right. So the murderer is free, but we're using this as a question for students. It's very unethical. I do not support uh, DDS, whatever whatever they are called. I do not support them. Very questionable. This is the hill I'll die on. I'll put my foot down right now. Speaking I... of dying on a hill. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, Saburo, <laughs> Saburo Maro appears and immediately rolls down a hill. <laughs> oh, that's not where I thought we were going. Okay. Oh. No, I literally, I transitioned to the next plot point. <laughs> no, I, 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 I was jumping ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. There, there are more hills. There's a lot of hills. Uh, and then he gets his reintroduction and they're like, oh, if it isn't the Tokyo University student with an IQ of 180. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, they let him walk with them, I guess, because they're nice. And also they're going the same way. Yeah. Where is he? Where else is he going to, where is he going to go? Uh, this is where I started to get uh, what I'm calling Yuki Judai energy off of Q. Uh, he's the protagonist in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, which I watched 150 episodes of recently. For the beginning stretch of that show, he is just like so happy-go-lucky gung-ho about dueling. Like he could be winning, he could be losing, and he's like, I'm just happy to be doing it. And Q has that too, where he's like, he's doing well, he's not doing well, but he's just happy to be like getting to be a detective. Happy to be sleuthing. He's not very competitive. He's just, yeah, he's just along for the ride. So they all are just like... Not as happy as him, but they get to their first major challenge, which is that the culprit has somehow crossed this big ravine without a bridge, uh, but they're stuck on one side of it together. And Kinta has a solution. Oh, he's going to throw everybody across and then action jump. Yeah, he he offers to throw everybody and then jump across himself. And he repeats that he's a tendon in kendo, judo, and karate. This is also uh, the point at which the exam most reminded me of Hunter Hunter, and that this is the point where it very distinctly becomes dangerous. Oh, yeah. Because they have to go over this cliff. Yes. Yeah, it's very dangerous. And Q notices that there are some laws, logs, and they all, like, work together, except for uh, Super Super Maru, who pretends to be injured, and bring the logs over. So Cosma's going to solve it with mathematics. Well, to be fair, we know he solves it with mathematics. He presents it as solving it with programming, which is not what happens. (laughs) It is geometry of the most basic kind. I I thought he said, I'll solve it with mathematics. Perhaps. Um, Because he he sets up an equation. He tells us L is the length of the logs, M is the length of the ravine, and he types it into his computer and it comes up with this diagram of how to arrange the logs so that some go this way and some go that way. Uh, And because of the curve of the ravine, it builds a little bridge that they can cross. On his tiny little computer. Saburamaro runs across and is like, see ya, suckers, and runs away. Uh, they all get across and have a nice group cheer. Yay. Yeah. 
at this point I was confused. Is there bonus points for finishing early or finishing before other people? I think he's just a loser and is going to leave them behind for whatever reason. Or perhaps up up to now he's been following them. Why would he be so confident now to run forward? So that the next scene can happen. Yes, because because by going ahead, he's able to do some sabotage. And this is the introduction of uh, Saburo Maru's theme song, which is very distinctly not quite the Pink Panther theme. (laughs) That's why I'm saying he's like he's like a very cartoony character. He has this theme song. Yeah, it's like it's literally the Pink Panther theme, but some of the notes fall flat, so it's not quite. His hair kind of curls up like an evil mustache. Uh, And as he's doing his evil plan he tells us the audience who are the only people there with him that he has an 180 IQ and calls himself by his own name in the third person. And he changes the weight limit on this little kind of wooden bridge that they're going to come across um, from 90 kilograms to 290 kilograms. So from like 200 pounds to 640 pounds while looking for a fake murder, he attempts real murder. Yes. (laughs) That is my note. Attempted murder. This, this attempted murder, this crime goes unpunished in a school full of detectives unpunished (laughs) it's a zany scheme he also writes on it just in sharpie and it doesn't look the same it doesn't look the same doesn't look the same but the characters get there they're like oh hey it can hold all of our weight it looks shaky but (laughs) i I find it fun at this point that q was able to like notice this whole like in a blink of an eye with this photo like these are the shoes and then conclude what that means but he looks at a sign where someone has very obviously written an extra number in Sharpie and doesn't notice anything. And yeah, slight inconsistency to me. But despite the talking about the fact maybe they should go at once, they decide to save time by having everybody goes going across <laughs> at the same time. And of course, yeah. the blanks start to drop out beneath them. This is like not... you can, If you haven't watched this episode, we should have reminded you that you could have watched the episode you can watch them so now or later um you mm. have seen this exact thing happen before in a cartoon or a movie where they're crossing a bridge and the bridge starts to collapse the planks start to collapse then the ropes snap kinta grabs hold of the bridge he grabs kazuma and he gets to throw him up on top of dry land but he he doesn't catch q and mega who fall right into the water but it's okay they fall in the water they're fine they're fine yeah but q can't swim oh no, oh, no. and he's oddly proud of it um, and he's being so obnoxious about it that Megu s- s- takes his head and pushes him uh, and holds him underwater for a few seconds until he shuts up. No one would blame her. No one, <laughs> no witnesses. No one would care. It, it's, it would be fine. And but she power swims. She gets them both to dry land. Um, and they reach a fork in the road with 30 minutes left to the start of the next test. But they see that Kinta has left his coat for them. They're just about to go on their way when uh, a voice calls out and they find an old man who might be suspiciously familiar, but we ha- we don't know who it is. Uh, at the ri- river, he's at the like the bottom of a ravine next to the riverbed. Um, and he has a cane and he says he has a perfect yeah. leg. I wrote down I wrote down a test of morals. <laughs> but it wasn't a test of morals. In fact, it was a test to see if your morals would prevent you from succeeding. Or something. <laughs> look at the guy. He's like, the bottom of his shoes are clean. Never mind. We don't have time for this. And Meg was like, but we gotta. And he 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 does the trust thing again. Uh, yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I'm not gonna explain it. <laughs> well, he he's about to explain it. He's a, he's about to go into his two hints. But then he's like, no, no, no. Wait, there isn't even time for this now. Is there a time limit at this point? Why are they in such a rush? There is a time limit. The exam starts at a specific time. Okay. Okay. How they know what the time limit is. Like, nobody ever told them. It's not explicitly stated, yeah. But they're aware of some kind of time limit. But of course, no sooner do they leave the old man that he pulls out his phone and he's like, there's (laughs) people on the way. Um, And the other person who gives a report is Nanami, who is in disguise now as a panda again. Yes. A person in a panda costume right in the middle of the woods. That's where they hang out. (laughs) Not suspicious at all. But still, like, behind a tree. Like, still hiding. Yeah, he, he's kind of out of the way. And um, Q says it was a trick. And he, he separates himself from Megu because he says he has to go pee because he swallowed too much water while swimming. Which is at one point not how human digestion works, but also she just dunked <laughs> him underwater. So that's not an untrue statement. Maybe. 
he must have swallowed a lot of water. That's all I'm saying. Um, and as he's peeing, a big alarm goes off all throughout, and he's like, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah I wrote fully coolly alarms. <laughs> um, the the guy at the bottom of the cliff, the, the old man with the cane, his watch has a grappling hook, which is like the first detective gadget we've seen, and I'm all for it. Um, and he grappling hooks, and he's he's starting to climb out, and then we see a dam opening and water just pouring out, and it's clear that the water is going to uh, take over the bank where the guy was sitting, and he's climbing up the rope, he's climbing up the rope, and the branch snaps, and he's just about to fall. And Q saves him! Yay! And pulls him up. <laughs> Just uh, for everybody who can't see Noah's, like, look, every time Noah pauses and I follow up, like, a beat too slow afterwards, he's looking at me very excitedly and expectantly. <laughs> I, I don't need to talk the whole time. Also, I can edit out those pauses, but now people will be now listening can, for them. Now you can't. Now I can't yeah. edit out the pauses. Now they're part of the, the show. Yeah, I didn't... I. I don't like all the assumptions that he made about that guy just based off of his shoes. Yeah, he explains it right now because the old man is like, why did you leave me and why did you come back? Because, <laughs> yeah, because I knew you were fake and I knew you couldn't walk. It's like, wow. He's decided the guy must use a wheelchair because his sh- the bot- his shoes, his soles aren't worn out. So he must not walk on them. Sure. But like a good a good clue for like how he's not in a wheelchair is the fact that he somehow climbed down into like a pit. Yeah, well, we don't know how he got down there. Well, this is another point where I call like DDS's expertise into question <laughs> because uh, they have gone to great lengths to set up this exam in this like park area, but these dam dumps have to be scheduled, right? No one thought to look up if this was going to be a thing happening while they were putting students. In- no. And uh, I also like Q's explanation of how he knew what the alarm meant because he used to play a lot around rivers as a kid. And he knows that when the alarm sounds, the water can rise very quickly. Sure. Sure. (laughs) It's just knowledge that he had. (laughs) And the detective tells him something that'll get repeated even in future episodes or the old man tells him something. Uh, He tells him that he should, he should go and try to make the test because if you leave a case unsolved, it might never get solved. That becomes a bit of a catchphrase. Yeah. Yeah. But also, he has taken a lot of time to be like, wait, let me ask you these two questions. Right. He could have <laughs> just got the man to the top of the cliff and run off to the, take the test. He's, yeah, he kills so much time. So we, we get a look inside the testing room where the test is, is underway. And mm-hmm. uh, Sabra Romaro makes that great like audience stand-in comment where he points out that it's a room full of people when only five of them <laughs> were <laughs> walking through the woods. Where did all these people come from? Oh, well, they must have taken other entrance exams that led them here. Great. Sure. They're here. Q is running, 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 and they, they play the instrumental version of the opening theme, which is like a yeah. significant thing in anime. I loved it. It's, it's epic. And when he opens the door, did you notice that he opened the door three times? Did he? It, it, it replayed. It was like an instant replay of him opening the door, opening the door, opening the door, because it was so dramatic. The, uh, this, like, the music, the presentation, all of this is not... Nothing happening on screen is worth how good this music is. It's people sitting down, talking, taking tests, and a guy entering a room, and it's the coolest music in the world. It's not dramatic. It's not... Nothing's on fire. There's no tigers that are running loose. Like it, it's not worth it. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll compare this to like in Detective Conan when the opening theme will play in a movie or something. He'll be like doing an insane action that a, a high schooler and a teenager in a child's body shouldn't do, like skateboarding mm-hmm. on a bridge or yeah, yeah, <laughs> like high action stunts. And here they're just sitting down. This is running into an exam. <laughs> where where they proceed, like the two his other cohorts stand up and they shout yeah. back and forth a lot in this room full of people taking a timed exam. Uh, yeah. I want to, I want to pause real quick and talk about the guy with the Mohawk. I didn't notice him. Tell us about the guy with the Mohawk. Uh, there's a guy with a great Mohawk who's uh, sitting right in front of his uh, friends. He's my favorite character. Uh, all I wrote was just like things about the guy with the Mohawk at this point. Tell me more about the guy with the Mohawk. <laughs> Why is it yellow? It's like bright yellow Mohawk. Yeah, I got real distracted by him, and I only wanted to know about him. I didn't really care about the test anymore. I didn't really care about any of these characters. 
I started asking questions as why why Megu's animation is so much worse than everyone else's animation. Oh, she gets that in the next episode too, where her eyes go really oh, big. She and gets this terrible shot. <laughs> oh um, goodness, I remember that. So he's he's there's only ten minutes left for the test, but he's he's gonna try it. I also noticed that Saburumaro also had a weirdly animated face moment where his face was like. I'm not sure contorted. his face is ever drawn particularly well. Yeah, he's he's just weird. You know, that's his thing. <laughs> um, and they all exit the room and he's like, oh, I definitely passed the test. I'm so happy. And they're like, really? You finished in 10 minutes? No, I answered one question. But I had so much fun along the way. He's just he's just a good guy. He's, yeah. just, he's just fun to have along. Now, Nick, you don't know this, but the first episode uh, started when he, he went out to get uh, an ingredient for his mom so his mom could cook dinner. And he came home super late. And his mom's like, well, now there's no dinner for either of us. So this episode, he also, it's like super late. And he, he at least looks guilty this time and realizes that he's come home late. Whereas last episode, he d- doesn't even notice. He's like, uh-oh, mom's probably angry. But <laughs> he gets home and dinner's on the table. She's wearing the apron again. The hot mom apron. Hot mom, yeah. And they have this heart to heart. Why do you want to be a detective? She asks. Uh, and this is where we get his random backstory. I do feel like there's something with the father that we don't learn yet. But we learn like a part of his backstory. Is the detective who I got, I had trouble focusing, honestly, after this point. Is it, is the detective that, do we think that is his dad? The detective who we thought was so cool? Well, so he was kidnapped Uh, as a child and rescued by a detective. It's not revealed here. We can't see who it is. So it's probably Don, who's the only detective we've seen so far, but who knows? It could be his dad, mm. but he's like, I want to be like the detective who saved me. Well, we also find out later that only one person is able to answer that same question on the yes. test. Do we find out who that was? No. It wasn't that anyone else was able... Oh, I think I might know who it was. And this is complete conjecture on my part, but I suspect it's our weird post-credits character is probably the other genius detective. Oh, maybe. Because he's all over the opening. So let's jump ahead to that. So Q has this heart to heart with his mom. He's like, I'm never going to give up on this. I don't think I passed because I only answered one question. And his mom picks up the phone and is like, huh? And let's just remember that because it doesn't mean anything <laughs> to either of us yet. So maybe that'll be important later. Then we jump to <laughs> the three teachers we know at the school. Or two of them we know. And the third, we get confirmed to be a teacher. We have disguised man Nanami. We have glasses lady um, Katagiri Shino. And we have the old man who is revealed here. He is in a wheelchair. He is... Don Morihiko, the brilliant detective and founder of the school. And they, oh my gosh, he is a diamond in the rough. And uh, then the episode ends with Q receiving a letter that he finds out he's been admitted to the school and he does a little dance. Yes, uh, for for the sake of all of us, (laughs) we're worried this was the last episode of the anime. (laughs) He has made it into detective school. Oh, thank goodness. We were gonna have to do. We were gonna have to do another detective anime, but we're we're still able to continue on with this one. The the ending song closes, and then we we get another look at what's happening in the life of uh, blue haired man Ryu, which makes even less sense than last time. He's he's in the paper for solving some thing. Yeah, and he's been like adopted by the family that he helped they in the last a, one. They throw a very like Japanese style birthday party for his achievement. Oh man, this is exciting. I want to know where this is headed. He's a character in the opening, so presumably he'll join forces with them. But when is that going to happen? Who knows? I'm on the edge of my seat. But we're getting a weird exposition of him, so they don't have to explain him when he gets there. Oh, they will. They'll explain him. They'll probably explain him for a while. So Nick, thanks for watching these things. It sounds like it's not <laughs> not the anime you would have chosen. We took you away from your wife and child to watch subtitled anime. <laughs> what 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 do you think? What, what do I think? What what did you like? What did you like? What didn't you like? I there's some charm to just this level of quality of anime. Uh, they're, they're, like seeing how poorly it is animated. How many scenes are just like off in the distance, and there's just a little bit of waggle in the chin while everything else is static, just to let you know that they're talking. There there's a charm to that. I really like. I really like. Just like okay, we got we got to put this out. Uh, we got to make this. We don't have a lot of money. We don't have a lot of time. I enjoy that. Uh, so much of these two episodes were just like the most boring parts of oh yeah Phoenix Wright, where like I just wish I could zoom past it. It's so much talking about stuff, but not giving you any details or information. Or the part where you're jumping back and forth between map to map, just like what didn't I poke on? 
what did I, what did I miss that I have to poke on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like I know, I know what's going to happen. Can we get to it? it? The mystery has been solved. I can we get there now? It didn't have to be two episodes. Is my stance? Yeah, it didn't have to be a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> it is like we're watching the show because we want to see like murder best murder mystery in each episode the first episode mm-hmm. of these two kind of had that in it the second episode yeah. it's like what it's like a little romp in the woods but that's a that's a thing in anime where you feel like it's an unnecessary number of episodes to get where they were going yeah I, i'm i don't enjoy the uh are they going to get into school storyline that every school anime has uh they do that in my hero academia they like they do that all the time just get to it um I think the most infuriating part of these two episodes is at, after the end of episode three, there's a preview for the next episode and it's a bomb threat. And that sounds much more interesting. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, Nick. Is it much more interesting? Following an actor through a mall and in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much more interesting. You um, can still watch it, <laughs> uh, even though we're not making you do it. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I know how animes work. You watch the first, like, ten episodes, and then it starts getting good. And then after you've committed. I'll try to, if, if, if we do if we do ask you to come back, I'll try to pick something that I think is maybe higher quality or a better mystery. <laughs> no, I want this level. I want this level. As soon as we watch an episode, we're like, God, that was tedious. That's uh, when we'll welcome you back. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen any of the Phoenix Wright anime? I haven't watched that. Uh, I've watched. I've just watched a handful of episodes. It's 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 disappointing. There's one, uh, like three or four episode plot arc that slipped in there that isn't pulled from the games, and it okay. is like out of this world bonkers. It's a murder. It's a murder on a train that they're all on. Uh, Phoenix Wright, who's a lawyer, yeah, solves a murder on a train, but they also they do like the murder trial. The judge is on the train, and they're communicating oh, with people so via satellite. Uh, that's that bonkers. so good. Maybe maybe we'll put that on our list. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just that segment. I would love to just watch those episodes. Yeah, well, who knows what sorts of things we'll end up watching and uh, who could be mystery guests in the future. So as we wrap up, Nick, anything that you want to plug for uh, for us? Anything coming up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, as you said before, I'm on the End Crowd, which is a short form improv uh, group here in Philadelphia. We're doing Zoom shows every other week on Fridays. You can look us up on Facebook, Twitter, any social media. N with the letter N crowd. Yeah, and I, I, I like doing it. Last last one I was on, I drove around my town and ate spaghetti while everyone else did improv. And uh, you got to see me eat spaghetti in the car. That's cool. Uh, that is cool. Is it? <laughs> that is cool it's cool it's cool it's cool you came, i think we can all agree what i did was cool you came to our podcast and and you threw shade and you, and you, well, <laughs> and you said our anime was lame so we're gonna <laughs> our anime i don't know i did not it's say not, it was lame i, I have no association with this anime that's true whatsoever. that's true so let's let's we'll keep things amiable we'll keep <laughs> please. things respectable please 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 so we're out of time here. Um, we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining us. Um, great, great observations that you had about <laughs> about things. Um, and I'm glad that, like me, you appreciate Cactus Man. He's what I'll come back for. I will come back for Cactus Man. Great. Uh, in our next episode, we're going to be covering the just the fourth episode of Detective School Q. It's the first day of school for uh, our four characters. Uh, there's something suspicious going down. Nick identified it. They get a, a letter uh, <laughs> about bombs on campus. And uh, if you enjoyed the, the child endangerment we've seen so far, uh, boy, will you enjoy episode four. So uh, stick around. Uh, watch it or don't watch it. Listen, listen in along with us. Um, this is our second episode of this brand new podcast, just getting started. So you can support us in all sorts of different ways. Um, just follow along, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, wherever you got this podcast, subscribe and review us right now. We're up on Stitcher, Podchaser, SoundCloud. We'll be up on more things. So you can subscribe there or review or or like us, um, leave us a note on social media, send us an email. 
I'm giving you too many things to do. I should pick one. But uh, if you have something you want to say, you can send us an email or, or leave us a note, dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com with your thoughts because uh, we didn't notice something that happened in the anime and you want to point it out or, or other feedback you want to give us. Uh, we'll bring up any of those kinds of things on a future podcast. So yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, so that pretty much wraps it up for today. Uh, except Nick, I forgot to ask you, um, there was a mystery you solved about Brahmin that was going missing. I solved it. It was my wife the whole time. Because because we don't have boundaries, we don't have rules. We'll set we'll set up the rules. Oh dear. I assure you. If I've learned anything from watching two episodes of Something Something Q, I learned uh Oh god, I didn't learn anything. Oh no. We haven't moved forward as humans at all. And that closes the case on this week's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast, episode two, in which a cactus is not a convincing disguise. Podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom. Music excerpted from Solve That Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest, Nick Elmer. Coming up, will Q, Megu, Kinta, and Kazuma survive their first day at DDS? What is the meaning of Class Q? Who allowed Don to open this bad idea of a school in the first place? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note. The dying message. Yes, that's what playing those games is what Noah calls reading before bed. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I mean, it is. It's a lot of reading. I say, I'm going to read my book. And he says, that's not a book. (laughs) It opens like a book.